Hello, I'm Luca De Giglio, and this is the Web3 in Travel podcast, where you can learn about crypto, blockchain, and how the new internet will change travel. Today, we will talk about DeFi, decentralized finance. DeFi is one of those very important building blocks of uh, Web3. DeFi will allow us to do things we can only, we cannot even dream about today because we cannot even conceive them with the banking system. So DeFi is basically the banking system of Web3, which means how we deal with money, with lending, with borrowing, with saving, with transferring, etc., with escrow in Web3. So first of all, let's start with a little bit of history, just to put this in perspective. In 2008, at the end of 2008, Bitcoin was conceived, basically, and then started operations in 2009. And between 2009 to about 2014, 15, all you could do in crypto was moving Bitcoins around. So the whole effort was to try to make Bitcoin money and basically use it for payments. There was a lot of talk about who accepts Bitcoin for payments. And if you had Bitcoins, you kind of had to help the system by using it for payments, right? For instance, in 2014, I bought some domain names using Bitcoin, which was at the time worth about $1,000. So basically, I spent $30 in Bitcoin worth a thousand dollars at the time it means that at the end of the day those 30 dollars costed me at today's prices one thousand eight hundred dollars okay so you see as bitcoin as trouble being money because it is still very very volatile and all this narrative of let's make bitcoin money slowly transformed itself into bitcoin as store of value Because in these uh, 10 years, um, what happened is that the Bitcoin kept going up. So if you have something which keeps going up, for sure, it's a good protection against inflation. It's a good way to keep your money stored, like you would do with gold or real estate or other things, right? So I'm not here to convince you Bitcoin is today a good store of value or not, but that's the narrative shift which we went through. And at the time, there were other coins, but they had basically the same goal to become money. Maybe they, they said we are faster or we are cheaper with fees, but that, that was the point of cryptocurrencies, like currency to pay stuff. Then in 2014, Ethereum was born and on top of Ethereum, a lot of other tokens and the narrative started slowly to change. So as I was saying, Bitcoin became more a star of value. While Ethereum started showing the possibility of new use cases for tokens, right? But still, it was everything really experimental. There was this big bull run in 2017 where Bitcoin went from $1,000 to $20,000. And there were a lot of projects promising to change the world and, you know, like replace existing companies with crypto, crypto companies. And that was the period of the ICOs where people would buy tokens and hope that they go up a lot, etc., etc. But at the end of the day, everything was just ex- not even experimental. It was just uh, promises. So we're going to do this because now this is possible thanks to the blockchain. Give us some money. We're going to try to do that. 
but there was actually nothing you could do with them apart from maybe mining them, buying them, selling them, etc. There were no real apps. At that time, there was the first NFT project, which is CryptoKitties, but it was all hype and promise and uh, the realization that crypto can really change things, but nothing had been built yet. And then the bear market started. Cryptocurrencies prices went down. Uh, Bitcoin went down from 20,000 to 3, 4,000. And most of those tokens went down 90% in value. And then they went down 90% more and many of them died. So we entered this uh, prolonged period of a couple of years of crypto winter, which was really brutal because you had all those tokens were worth basically nothing or very, very low. Ethereum was around $200 for a long time. And basically we had this, okay, you know, great, crypto can really change the world, but what has it done until now? Well, nothing. It's just like games, right? It was brutal because the winter was really hard. In that, by winter, of course, we mean bear market, like low prices, not cold. It was winter even in the summer. <laughs> so it was really, really hard because everything was just like potential. There was nothing really there until the summer of 2020 which now is called DeFi summer so in 2020 there was a lot of movement and a lot of uh, new there were new protocols which allowed things which were not possible before right or at least they were possible before but as often happens in crypto they are possible but nobody uses them right so people started using those protocols to do the following things exchanging tokens in a decentralized manner. So before that, if you wanted to exchange one token with another, you had to go through a centralized exchange like Binance or Coinbase. But during DeFi summer, we learned that you could actually exchange them just by using the internet. So open protocols, there was no company involved. And the biggest one at the time was and still today, actually, but the first one to do really this at the scale was Uniswap. I had discovered Uniswap back in December 2019 and started using it in at the beginning of the year for, you know, mostly for trying things out, creating pools and creating markets. And I saw as it went from a few million dollars in volume and liquidity to over a billion in a matter of months. And that was only Uniswap, which was allowing exchanging tokens. Then you had lending protocols, which had been in the works for years, like Aave, where you can deposit some tokens and get an interest back. Or you could lend them to somebody else by earning some some interest and being protected by their collateral. Or you could borrow if you needed those tokens, protect them with your collateral, usually ETH, and, uh, and then pay an interest. So you could start doing a few things, but these few things were really, you know, being the first things you could do after so many years, people really went into it. And of course, speculation always helps because there were all these tokens, you, you could really earn a lot and, you know, speculate on all this, this, this money going around. And even if at the time that still felt like playing with these new toys, because why would you do this? I mean, it was just like experimenting. We were building the, um, the framework for future real world use. And today in 2021, we are actually doing these kind of things, not because we want to play, but because they are just a better alternative in many ways to the banking system. And as always happens in crypto, things get out of control. People get leveraged. You know, they try to earn more money and, and with, with more risk. 
they lose money and things go really high, higher than they should go, and then they drop. So DeFi, after a while, stopped growing and went down. And then the narrative started shifting to NFTs and we entered into the NFT uh, craze. But that's another funny thing about this new crypto world we find ourselves in is that while DeFi lost the spotlight, it kept actually growing. So it went uh, from a top of 20 billion in market cap, which basically means how much money there is in that market, to 14 billion in a matter of a few weeks. It went down a lot. And while the NFT craze was starting, well, DeFi went back and went very quickly in May of 2021. So just a few months later to over 100 billion. And it is now at about $140 billion. So as DeFi grew, many new protocols came out and we we have today an incredible array of um, choices to do this kind of operations, okay? So how do we use DeFi in travel? First of all, we are not using it really now. Travel is really at the very beginning of anything crypto related, okay? This is like being at Bitcoin when it was $100. You can do things in travel related to crypto, which are going to change your life if you position yourself well. And I'm not talking only about investing. I'm talking about building companies and creating protocols and so on. But let's focus on what can DeFi do for travel. So as I was saying, DeFi is basically the banking system, right? You go to a bank to keep your money. You go to a bank to borrow money. If you are you know, a big company with a lot of cash flow, maybe you go there to lend your money, get some interest, and you could use the banks to exchange money too, right? And with the help of uh, third-party companies, let's say the whole financial system, you can do stuff which is really you know, used in, uh, in travel, which is like, for instance, escrow. Airbnb does escrow. So you pay your stay. Airbnb keeps the money and then releases it uh, on the day of check-in, right? And this is called escrow. And it's done with the help of a few banks and a few companies who specialize in this. It's a whole system. Now, this whole system can be basically replaced by protocols. So everything a bank does with the fiat money, so euro, dollars, etc., crypto can do by protocols. And by protocols, I'm going to repeat this thing again. It means you can do these things just dealing with the internet, not dealing with people and companies, just with software online, which means you completely remove the cost of these centralized services and you completely remove the trust assumption. You do not have to trust these companies anymore. You are not under their control. Now your trust shifts to the smart contracts because if the smart contracts are broken or can be hacked, then you lose your money. And this is even worse than banks because you're not going to lose money, I mean, at least directly with banks. So I want to be very clear. This is, even if it's very big already and there's hundreds of billions of dollars, it is still early stage. It can still happen that um, your money in a smart contract gets stolen. So I'm not telling you jump into this 100%. It's safe. Forget banks. This is the best thing which could happen to the financial system. No, but it is really interesting. It's growing. It's getting safer by the day. It's getting stronger by the day. So we can start thinking about ways we can use these things in trouble. So let's make a few possible examples. But before I do that, These are, as I'm saying, examples, ideas. Maybe we can do them. Maybe they make sense. Maybe not. Okay. It's not 
a forecast on what's going to happen 100%. Okay, uh, actually, I'm sure there's going to be use cases I can't even dream of. But let's start. Escrow is one first candidate. So imagine a direct booking in which I have to pay, uh, again, a villa owner. I send the money to him or her on the bank. And okay, I send the money. The, the money sits in the in the owner bank account. It makes no interest. And then that's it, right? With crypto, I could do something different. If there's a protocol allowing that, I could send the money to the owner. And while it waits for the month, two months, or six months, or 12 months before the booking, the protocol could send it to a lending, uh, lending protocol and earn from me maybe 5% in interest. Or maybe if I'm a hotel and I use a different protocol, Every time a customer, a guest pays me money, the money goes into the escrow protocol, which lends it uh, again to uh, a lending protocol. And I, the hotel, will earn interest. In the meantime, the money is stuck in the contract. So the money is in an escrow. And to this escrow pool, theoretically, you could add a dispute resolution uh, system which makes people judge on what happened in case of like a cancellation or some problem at the hotel or at the villa etc etc another potential use is exchange uh, think about when you make a booking in a, in airbnb and you pay in a different currency than than the host there's a three percent commission on top of that right so with crypto you can actually pay in any currency and the exchange is made behind the scenes so potentially crypto allows for removing this extra extra fee on top of every single booking three percent is a lot on a booking oh and before i go ahead since we're talking about um, payments here and probably you're thinking yeah what happens with the volatility if uh, you are not comfortable with the volatility, probably you're not, you can use stable coins. So you can use coins which are worth a dollar all the time, and there's really many of them now. Another possible use of DeFi for, for bookings is to uh, reduce the trust assumption toward the guest and the host. So especially the host or say the hotel. Uh, suppose that they um, can put some money in a pool where... Basically, they, they put a deposit to use the protocol, right? So there's a protocol for escrow, and you can use it if you put some money into it. You can put $100, $1,000, $10,000, whatever. Now, the money you put into this pool is money you could lose in case you do something wrong. For instance, if the customer comes and there's an overbooking, right? And, um, and this is controlled, again, by a third-party possibly decentralized uh, dispute mechanism like Kleros. When you book directly, and I'm talking about direct bookings here, not, not talking about booking platforms, right? Uh, when you book directly with, with any accommodation provider and you send the money, even if you send just a deposit, you are basically in their hands, right? But what if they had to put some money on the table, which means money in the smart contract, and they are at risk of losing it in case they screw up? Well, then maybe you feel better, especially if the money they put on, on, the, on the table is, is much more than your booking. Another possible of DeFi would be if you as a company, if you have a company, uh, decide to issue a token. Okay, so you issue this token and then you want people to get it for free from you, for instance. 
and every time they book, they get it, but then they can also use it for payments, for instance, right? So you can build a, a pool in which it can be exchanged with uh, other tokens. So you give them a few of your tokens as a bonus for booking, and then they can easily exchange it for ETH or any other cryptocurrency. So actually you create money out of thin air. It's worth nothing, but if you have a pool in which you put some money, then you are actually making it worth something. And you create basically a currency which represents your own little business. This can be done easily in, in DeFi. And on top of this, you can build really a lot of things, most of which we haven't really even told about. Because again, in travel, we basically have no DeFi yet. This is the tokenization of your business, and we have just started scratching the surface of what is actually possible. And today, it's all about trying and experimenting and seeing what you can do and come up with ideas. And sooner or later, somebody will come up with an incredible idea and everybody will be able to copy it because everything is open, right? So expect a lot of um, evolution in this, in this space. Another use case is staking. So when people get your token, you can ask them to stake it, basically block it in a, in a smart contract. And if they do that, you can say, okay, I can give you a special discount or priority on the bookings as long as you stake this token. So you see how this is kind of making your, your business very financialized in a way. It may make sense. It may make no sense. It may be too complicated for your customers. It may be great for them. It really depends on every use case. But the main concept here is that now money is composable and it is programmable and you can program it. So you can do a lot of things, right? You go in DeFi, look what's happening there. Every time this new ideas, you say, okay, how can I apply this to travel? Is this solving any problem we have in travel today? Is it solving any problem I have in my business today? Is it actually opening to opportunities I couldn't even think about before because money was something uh, kind of dead? Think about it. Um, a way to explain this is that if you have euro in your bank account, they're like rocks. They don't move by themselves. You have to ask the bank to do things with them. It's very hard to make things automatic. But if you have crypto, they are basically alive. You can program behavior into them. As for instance, in the escrow, you can program a behavior in which on the check-in date, the money is released to the host, right? You can even do money streaming with cryptocurrencies. You can say, okay, um, the moment you get into my hotel room, you start paying, okay? So there's a flow of money going away from the wallet of the guest to the wallet of the hotel. And when the guest leaves, maybe through an automatic system, so an automatic checkout, the money stops flowing. Now, this, of course, feels like good for a very, very short-term hotels. Or maybe, you know, if checkout is at 10 and you stay longer from 10 o'clock, for to 11, it's free. But after 11, for the next three, four hours, if you want to stay a bit longer, you don't need to call reception. You don't need to pay extra. It just automatically starts flowing. Now, I'm coming up with kind of maybe stupid use cases because I don't know. Again, this is everything has to be invented. We, we really need to be creative here. And looking back maybe five years from now on what I'm saying today, maybe we're going to find some gems or maybe we're going to find some, you know, we realized they were actually very stupid ideas and there were much better ways to use the composability of money.
DeFi also allows you, and this is a specific case for bigger projects, bigger companies, to create communities around your business. Let's say you have a very modern uh, hotel chain, okay? And you are trying to attract this uh, demographic of, of crypto enthusiasts and say, okay, I want you guys to own a part of the hotel chain and I want you to bring forward proposals and I want you to basically be part of it, right? So you create a community, you drop a token, you create a safe with Gnosis and you give the safe keys to a part of the elected people, you know, you make some elections in which people vote with their tokens and you have these multi-sig owners who can, who can move the money around. Then you say, okay, 0.5% of every, of all the earnings of the hotel chain goes into the safe, do what you want with it. Use it to make the hotel chain better, uh, use it for marketing, whatever, you know, we give you a part of the chain. Do what you want with it. And this is an incredible way to build, you know, fidelize customers. It's much more than that. It's just making people part of your hotel chain. Make them feel owners of part of it, right? And this is so much powerful than any, you know, fidelity card you could issue. You're actually making your guests part of the business, own the business, and run the business, okay? So, you, of course, you wouldn't make them run the whole business, but you can start really small and say, all right, so I give you these tokens. The, the worth of the token is connected to the success of the chain. I'm going to give you some budget for marketing and just go ahead, you know, get crazy with that. And when people get feel empowered, they they really become attached to the brand because it's not anymore something outside, something that they pay for. It's actually something they own and they decide about. Of course, as you can see, you need to have a very big you know mental shift here. It's not anymore the centralized decentralized company where. Everything is decided at the top and uh, everybody has to follow orders. Guests are just supposed to pay and be happy and leave feedback and maybe have a fidelity card. This is more like a DAO. But again, you decide how far to go. You don't have to go all the way and I wouldn't go all the way. I wouldn't really put put in the hands of a community, a hotel chain, but I would start with experimenting with small things like this, right? In this historical period, it would just be interesting for the, you know, the press you would get just for that. People will talk about it. It's, uh, it's bringing, you know, a, a lot of attention and you know that attention is uh, a currency today. Another use case for DeFi and tokenization in general is for raising money. You know, you could say, okay, we have a hotel. We want to build a second one. The first hotel is successful. We have proved that we are good entrepreneurs. We need to raise money, but we don't want to go to the banks this time. We want to go straight to our guest base, right? Our The people who actually come to our hotel. So you issue a token and then you put it in a Uniswap or some other kind of decentralized exchange pool and you tell people, well, you can buy the tokens and now with the tokens you own a part of the new hotel we're going to build. And... The hotel at a certain point is going to start producing returns and a part of these returns will be used to buy tokens, which means the value of your tokens are going to go up if the project is successful. That's a very quick way to to raise money. Of course, this has a whole 
wide array of uh, legal and fiscal implications, which I'm not going into because these depend per country and they're going to have to, they're going to be figured out in the next years. So it's probably hard to do it today in, in most countries. But that makes it incredibly easy to basically crowdfund your next hotel or your next uh, you know, set of apartments or villas. And it gets easier and easier as the technology improves, as especially more and more people have wallet and they have money in the wallet and they're happy to invest in something they love. Especially because if I love a hotel chain and I find that they have a future with DeFi, I have just to send some money somewhere. Like I could send a hundred euro. That makes it interesting for anybody. So you have a global pool of potential investors. I mean, global means the whole world who can put as little as 10 or $100, you put the limit and they, they know that it's liquid. They can get in and they can get out anytime. You do not have this kind of flexibility in usual investing you don't have it even in crowdfunding right in crowdfunding you invest in a startup then you have to wait for a few years and hope it goes really it becomes successful it has an exit etc etc so before you invest a certain amount of money in in any project you're gonna think twice because this money is there forever for a long time and maybe you never get it out while if you invest in a hotel like this you can get out the next day it's completely liquid. So you're not going to think too much about it, right? And you can attract, so the US as a, the hotel, you can attract a lot of money pretty quickly. And as it gets easier and it gets, we get more like legal clarity, this is going to become probably one of the main ways for any kind of company or any kind of project to raise money. And once they, they, people bought your tokens, you can tell them, okay, why don't you stake your tokens in this contract? And I'm going to give you 10%, 50% a year, it doesn't matter. Then you decide extra tokens for your fidelity, which means for you not selling them. You can see this in, in, uh, in action in play to earn games. So DeFi was its own thing. It's like just the financial rails. But where is this stuff used actually? Well, it is used very heavily in uh, NFT games, crypto games. You, you can check them out. You probably have heard about Axie Infinity, which is the biggest one today, where they have staking and they have all these DeFi primitives, DeFi models inserted in the game. They're not financial games, but they use DeFi because once there's money involved, DeFi is there. So how to start studying and seeing what's happening in DeFi? Um, maybe the best way for you is to go to this website called CoinGecko and go to the DeFi section where you will find uh, uh, all the DeFi projects ordered by market cap, so by importance, and you start looking at them and you say, okay, what do they do? All right, can this in any way be used in the travel industry? Can it be used in my own industry? And you start kind of, you know, even playing with them, especially if they are on cheap chains where you don't have to spend money in gas. You can, you know, you can get a hundred euro and start playing, borrowing, lending and doing stuff. Why not, right? And doing that is basically like studying the banking system and saying, okay, what can I do with the banking system in, uh, in my business? Which you don't do this because you cannot really do much with the banking system um, for your own business, right? Because you apply the products they build. You cannot build products in, uh, in, in banking systems. But if you have an idea which doesn't really exist in the shape you want it, 
in DeFi, well, you can you can simply build it. And I say simply not because it's easy, but if you have a clear idea and you know how to write specification for a, for a protocol or a software, you don't even need to open it, but I would suggest you to do it because DeFi is open. Maybe you can have somebody build it for you because this is an open ecosystem. The code is open. Uh, you can experiment with things, so why not? Hey, if you get the right protocol, which people actually find interesting, you can open it to everywhere else and get a 0.3% on every trade like Uniswap does, and that will go in your pocket. Or maybe even better, in the uh, shared Nozis safe where your community takes care of, of the funds, the treasury, right? In my opinion, we haven't really even started to see what can be done with DeFi because DeFi so far has been in this skeuomorphic phase, which basically means there's a new technology uh, which tries to do the same things the old technology could do and keeps the same form. One example are when we started using concrete, but we kept using Greek and Roman columns in front of houses because that's how houses were, were done. When the columns were there to keep the, the, the roof up, but with um, concrete, we don't need it anymore. But we kept using them. Or when we went from candles to light bulbs, the light bulbs had the shape of candle flames, which, yeah, yeah, it's nice, but that wasn't really needed. And just later we realized, well, we can have other shapes too. So DeFi now is trying to imitate the banking and the financial system. But later on, we would find out that we can do things the financial system cannot really do. So the real innovation has yet to start, in my opinion. We, we haven't really started. And we will see DeFi protocols, which do things we cannot imagine. And then we will find things in the DeFi world, which we can use in the travel industry too. As I was saying, really, really early. You're really lucky to be here. So that's all for DeFi, I guess. Get there, get your hands dirty, try things, make mistakes, learn, you know, get your, your, your brain going and, uh, and let's build new things and let's completely change how the travel industry works. All right, this is the end of today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. For more insights on Web3, follow me on Twitter at TripLuca, T-R-I-P-L-U-C-A, and see you next time.